Welcome to another edition of Lens Burning Bush. Before I bring on my guest for the week, I want to talk about what's really burning my bush. So just so everyone knows, mothers, we love you, but you can't move in with your kids when they go off to college. You need to let them go. No one wants to live with their mother when they go away to school. I get it. You miss your kids when they go off to school, but at some point, They need to start becoming an adult and fly away on their own. And also, do me a favor, and please stop asking all the questions for your kid when it comes to their schedules, books, what they need for classes. Shouldn't the kids do that themselves? There is a site right now for my daughter's school on Facebook called 2021 Parents, and it does have some useful stuff on there. But the poor guy who runs this site must wonder, who is actually going to college? Is it the kid or the parent? One piece of advice that I will give you. The only thing you should be doing is helping pay. And also, not everything. Let the kids have some stake in the game. Take a few small loans, et cetera, to cover costs. You are not to mortgage your future retirement to make sure your kids can attend parties if school doesn't work out. They need to feel like it's not free. Now, in the movie Back to School, Rodney Dangerfield famously tells his son, hey, I'll do it with you. When his son was concerned, he wasn't fitting in. And to be honest, after seeing my daughter's school campus, I wanted to be a freshman again at 53 years old. Just the food alone now. All kinds. And and look, they even have smoothie bars. Smoothie bars. Yes, that's where they have it. Where can I sign up for the smoothie bars? Sorry I got off track for a moment. But mothers, we all love you. And I know you love your babies. And it's difficult to let them leave the nest. But they don't want you there. Trust me, they don't. They need to figure it out themselves. I know you want to take the proverbial pictures of them in the room with their roommate and posted on social media that everything is wonderful, but it isn't, and that's fine. They are just as nervous as you are, and that is very normal. We need to raise our kids to be self-sufficient, and if you do everything for them, they will never be able to do anything on their own. The other thing I continue to see is when people refer to your kids. When they are little, they think they're gonna stay little forever, right? They come up to you and say, look how big he got. Of course, he's 18. Is he supposed to stay small? I mean, come on. And lastly, to all the moms out there who are probably ready to punch me by now, kindergarten pictures are nice on social media. But no high schooler wants you to take pictures of them on their first day of school anymore. And can't you just tell from the look they give you in the picture No one wants to be photographed in the morning anyway. I mean, come on. Enough already with the pictures. Well, with that being said, it's time to bring on my guest for the week. She is making her second appearance on Lens Burning Bush. She was on an episode number 20, which is actually a year ago around this week, which is amazing. I didn't even plan that. She is currently a sideline reporter on CBS Sports Network for college football, for basketball. She's a talk radio host at Sirius XM, NBA Radio, the pregame, the halftime for New York Red Bulls on MSG Network. She's got a magazine show. Uh, Red Bull Insider on MSG. She handles part-time reporting and anchoring duties for Fox 5, Good Day New York, 
and Sports Extra. I am exhausted just saying all the things she does. I can't believe it. Please welcome the very talented Tina Servasio to Lens Burning Bush. Did you? Did I get it all in? Is, is there more so stuff? Up, so, Len, update. Yes. Update for all of that. So, I am now just, just, just full-time at Fox 5 in New York City. So, so then, so MSG now, because I'm full-time at Fox, can't do the MSG stuff anymore, but I had... Um, gosh, how many years was I there? But in any event, seven years with the Knicks, 10 years with the Red Bulls doing halftime and all that. So I'm all Fox 5. I host Sports Extra every single Sunday night now. It's my show. Woo! And um, Sirius XM NBA Radio, still involved with them, but with the whole pandemic thing and the studio, just on a hiatus until we're allowed back in the station. <laughs> wow. They're on air, but I just, you know, they're doing it from their homes, all the hosts. So I'm kind of busy with that. But yeah, that and CBS Sports Network, silent college football, just like our arena days. Oh my goodness. And we used to work together with the new, with the New Jersey Red Dogs back in the yeah. day in uh, 2000. God, that was, I can't believe that was over 20 years ago. Wow. I know, but it was good times. Yeah. And then I dabbled back in arena right before the, the indoor leagues kind of all closed. There's still a few indoor leagues, but right before Alina football, arena football officially, officially closed down. I spent two more summers doing their sideline reporting for CBS Sports Network and ESPN. And it was fun. And I was on the field interviewing a coach while he's calling plays and a quarterback as he comes back to the bench. Could you imagine Tom Brady? No. Like if you were interviewing him as he came off the field? Like, yeah. <laughs> Not what happened. Not so much. I don't think he'd be very, very excited. Now, you're doing sports extra. So I'm going to go back. And, and this is kind of funny. Um, as a kid, I remember channel five in new york and yeah. bill mazer hosted right am i right on that he it, created it. sports extra yes. yes so you're doing yeah. his show uh, well his i mean show. and his show sports extra was sports center before sports center ever existed so in a half hour's time mazer did you know the new york sports headlines and then he would do scoreboards which were those old-fashioned graphics which basically was the cardboard with like letters written on them and he would do the scores from all over the nfl like you know pittsburgh you know versus detroit and all of the scores um to get that's how people found out their scores before opening up the newspaper on monday morning that's how they would find out about the rest of the nfl because of bill mazer on fox 5 and they were, you know, different call letters and all that jazz back then. And it was Sports Extra E-X-T-R-A. Now we're just the X, Generation X. Who knows what that's all about. But, um, yeah, so Bill Mazur created that show. Of course, it's very different now because everybody gets their score stats highlights right on their phone, right as whenever they want for whatever team in any corner of the universe. So I do try to specialize it a little bit, go very New York focused and heavy on my interviews. Um, but then like, you know, if there's an opportunity to do a national story, something else, get an interview with somebody else that might not have anything to do with New York sports, I'm going to do it. That's where I call a little extra. That's where we bring oh. the extra. I love it. See, I remember, you know, again, this was a long time ago, back when Moses parted the Red Sea. But when I was growing up, also, you didn't have, of course, we, we got ESPN later, like in the yeah. 80s, right? 80s. Yeah, but, 80s. But, you know, in the 70s, you had to watch Monday Night Football for the most part to get some of the highlights, like Howard Cosell in halftime. Yeah. You you would see, and, the, and over to the, how, how you know, Charlie Joyner, you know, you had all of that. On Monday night, and you had to, you know, you didn't have anything, or you watched yeah. George Michael's uh, Sports Machine was another one. On. Yes, he was based out of Washington D.C. Exactly, that was another one. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. See, I'm 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 dating myself, and the and, and the kids have already like shut it off right now. They're gone. They have, but they Sports Extra, but New York is um, what I and I do try to do like very 
sports centric features. So, and that's where like the kids, well, the kids were big on Jack Ryan, um, Black Jack Ryan, the street ball player from Brooklyn. I did, a, I did two features on him. One was just on him and then they made a movie about him. So I did a whole movie and it actually was released during the pandemic. But that got a lot of feedback because Jack goes into high schools and um, performs and gives a motivational speech and he does all these ball tricks. Spinning the ball through the legs, the crazy shots, mostly spinning the ball. Teaches kids how to do it, does motivational speaking, performs at the halftime of Knicks and Nets games. So he's got like the NBA eyes on him. So the kids were really able to connect with him. And then um, then I got a whole nother generation of people that I did a story on George Kalinske, the sports photographer from Madison Square Garden. He is now in his mid-80s. He's going into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. So I did a sit-down interview with him last weekend at his home, in, you know, his beautiful apartment in New York City. So then we're showing pictures of, like, Muhammad Ali and, you know, against Frazier. Then you've got, like, Frank Sinatra. They were BFFs. Never knew they were, they were like, legit best friends. Uh, then, of course, we're showing the old pictures of Willis Reed. And then, uh, you know, my first vision of George Kalinske was Patrick Ewing with his hands up when they beat the yeah. Pacers. So it was, it covered, so, and then you have Carmelo Anthony and Jeremy Lin. So it covered all of these generations. So, like, people reacted to that. Like, and then, so those were two recent stories that were big, and I got a lot of really great positive reaction on social media. People reached out, Facebook texts, emails. And then, like, I'll get a one-on-one with Saquon Barkley, and there's not even that much reaction. Why? Because Saquon's all over the place. Because everybody got Saquon that week. Yeah. You know, and so because and they could get him on his phone. So when it's something unique and people in New York or my viewing audience can connect to that, um, that's where I get the most reaction. So that's where like sports extras kind of evolved into. But I still get like Pete Alonzo's, you know, I'll get him tomorrow night for next week. I've got the new Nets draft pick, pick 27th overall. The kid Cam Thomas becomes like the superstar of NBA Summer League. I mean, yeah. you know, he's dropping 27 points a game. He was always a great scorer, but just scoring and scoring. So that actually could get the kids because he was like a video game at Summer League. So that's uh, so we'll see what that reaction is like this Sunday. Well, good. <laughs> and speaking of the kids, I wanted to get your take. The kids. the kids. Speaking of the kids, I wanted to get your take on my college rant that I just did. Can the yes. mo- so. Obviously, we went to college a long time ago, Tina. Well, at least I did. I know you didn't. You just you just went like a couple of years ago. But what are your thoughts? Do the parents need to back off a little bit? Is it a little bit much? I think it is. You cracked me up. So I so disclaimer: I have no children. Married seventeen years, and you know my husband well. Yes. Um, two cats. We had another one, so three total. Hey, look at that! Um, You're expanding the family. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, three cats total. So uh, I have a different perspective on it, and and but all of my my sister, my a lot of my close friends, not all, but a lot of my close friends have kids. Yeah, and the the day one picture, when they're going to like first grade, and you see them at the end of the year, cute, very cute. Yeah. Don't do the high school one. No, like your friends either without kids or grown kids are like, really like, and then I feel bad for the kid. Yeah. it's going to cost you further money in the therapy. Yes. <laughs> for I, the kid, yeah. It's, because then you're still going to have to pay until he's, you know, he or she is 21. So, yeah, the high school photos. And it's funny you bring that up. So I'm going to tell a little bit of a story right now because it doesn't matter whether it's college, going away, say to, you know, some kids go away to boarding school. I don't know what they call it these days, but they go away to high school. Um, and... I'm interviewing Cam Thomas. The kid is 19 years old. He, I would love, and he's a focused, focused, wired, different athlete. 
you know, he's telling me how he studies Kobe Bryant film on YouTube, because that's how he has access to it, to create his shot and his technique. Just a great focused kid. And uh, his mom, Leslie, is awesome. She was at every single NBA Summer League game in Las Vegas. Well, who would want to be in Vegas? But anyway, sorry. Yeah. Um, And while Cam, 19 years old, going to be making some good money because he was drafted in the first round by the Brooklyn Nets, who I still favor to win the championship, beating the Lakers in seven. Absolutely. Um, He was looking for an apartment, and so was she in New York City. (laughs) (laughs) So whether you're going to college or you're in the NBA – Uh, moms, you know, sometimes you just have that connection with your son. Now he is 19 versus like 23 years old, like Quentin Grimes, who is the the Knicks overall, their draft, their top draft pick. Um, So that's a little different situation because uh, Cam Thomas was one and done at LSU. So I, I I get it though. Even though I'm not a mom, I see it. So whether it's the NBA or college, I understand, but just give them a little space. But you're good, yeah. Yeah, no, I, because okay. the, the issue that, again, I understand they're your babies. I have children. Yeah. I am yeah. not trying to be a monster here. Yeah. But it, it's nice when they go away, okay? Right. There's a little bit of a break, and I, and I get it. But these parents that do everything, like they look online for their, their books, and they buy the books, and the kids do nothing, and they don't know how learn. to function. Yes, I had to learn. I remember it was scary. Like, how do I get? Oh wait, I have to get my own books. Yeah, and you figure it out. And just and balance your checkbook and things like that. Manage how much food and snacks you have versus eating in the uh, in the cafeteria. You know, I've I've seen that too. I mean, when I was in college three years ago. <clears throat> yeah. Um. Yeah. Some kids would get like all these snacks mailed to them, like boxes. I'm like, and I had to like go to the local convenience store. So, yeah, well, I, I, you know, again, my, my nothing against my parents. They they care about everything. Thank God. But I had to do all this stuff on my own. Like the funny money was all up to me. I had to make it and spend it. They weren't going to. No. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. so it's interesting is when, you know, again, my parents, they they couldn't do a lot of things. But they but what I find interesting is I don't, I don't know where our generation or, you know, my generation, because not your because you're, you're younger, but. I don't know where, because I see them raising children differently than the way they were raised. Oh, yeah. And I don't understand that. It's like they should yes. be, I, I, I don't, you know, want kids to not be able to do stuff. And it drives me nuts yeah. when I see people on social media going, tried to register my son for, for this college class. They're 19. Get them, you know, let them do it themselves. Why are you ordering yeah. their books? Stop yeah. it already. Enough. You know, and I saw this mother in the hair place the other day and the daughter was like 19 or 20. So she's going into her, say, junior year. And like she was super vibe, and like she was getting her extensions for, you know, her junior year of college and she was supervising it. And the mother paid a ton of money. And I was just like, you know, my mom, again, my parents paid for my college education. We had no student loan debts or anything like that. I was very blessed in that aspect, but my mom sure wasn't going to pay for like a haircut. That was the <laughs> money that I had to make on my own or if I wanted to get my hair colored or, and I mean, never mind thousand dollar extensions. Now I know everybody's money points are different, but just like thinking of that, you know, they paid for my education. You go buy your own hairspray, Tina, because we know you're going to, you're going to want a lot. Before, so you're going to have to learn how to budget that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so that was my thing. 
you know, so I learned a lot. And then, you know, now I spend a lot of my hair, but it took me a while because you have to make your own money. You have to learn. Exactly. And I don't think they're going to learn if mommy and daddy are doing every little thing for them. They don't know how to cook. They don't know how to do stuff. I mean, come on. We need to start teaching the simple things to their children and stop with this this nonsense of they always have to be home with you. They need to they need to grow up. Yeah. We Our job is to raise them, not to have them raise, live with you forever. Raise them to get, get up them and out. out and be a part of society. A really good part. Real good part of society. And that's what worries me coming up. Society is all screwed up, um, you know, with, with that. It just doesn't help. So I wasn't sure. I mean, I, I wanted to segue in a little bit to some of the things that are going on. And one of the things that, and since you cover sports, I wanted to talk to you about this. I'm not a big fan of Alex Rodriguez on, on Sunday Night Baseball or, or in baseball in general. I find yeah. it's very rehearsed, everything he does. But apparently Brandon McCarthy has come out recently and basically says that, uh, you know, A-Rod's got to stop. It, you just can't listen anymore. What are your thoughts about A-Rod and, and his his stuff that he does on uh, on Sunday Night Baseball and Fox and, and, and things that he does? I love I, I, he's, I love him on Fox. He's more natural there because he's with four people and he's got to be on his toes with David Ortiz because they've known each other since they were 13 years old. And and David, um, David's David is engaging and entertaining and talk about off the cuff. Yeah. Like you want the anti because to me, two different broadcasters, the Sunday Night Baseball, Alex Rodriguez and the and the Fox pregame show, Alex Rodriguez. Um, a little more self-deprecating because Ortiz is going to hold him accountable. Oh yeah, know? yeah, and and Frank Thomas too. But uh, but it's like you know the Ortiz Rodriguez thing, the Red Sox Yankees thing, the you know the two you know young boys growing up because uh, I guess Alex is half Dominican and half Puerto Rican or yeah. whatever his background is. So he and David really have that connection. Um, even though they were like you know enemies, you know Red Sox Yankees at that one point. So that's why I find and Alex is engaging. Like I remember. I used to enjoy going to his locker in the clubhouse because he would give like this, and it was about himself all the time, but it was great. Like he would give just a polished, you know, engaging answer and he would look at the, the camera and he would look at you and he'd be like, right, Tina, right, you know that you were, and like he would do that. So he was good for a soundbite and that's why he's on television. That's why that's his full-time job. Now you would go to Derek Jeter's locker and he was so difficult to interview because hyper-focused, again, not about himself. He hated talking about himself, did not like the media, but give Derek credit. He sat there and answered those questions. He was the Yankees captain. There's very few of those in the history of the world. And he would stand there and, and deal with the media. Short question, I mean, short answers. Um, so it was difficult to get like that. Oh, thanks, Alex. Like, that's how I would feel about my sound bites. And Derek, you're like, but what about this? And what about when you were three for four? And what about, you know, you face this picture like, but, and it was never about him. Um, but what I loved about Derek was he was very clinical sometimes when you would ask him stuff about other players. Like I remember talking to him, asking him a question about whether Robinson Cano had a good night that was hitting after him or whatever this case was. It was like a hundred years ago, major myself. So, um, so you saw So that's why he's the president of a baseball team right now. Very clinical, very about the other players, not about himself and Alex you know, is out there about himself. So that's where the Sunday night comes in. I do feel like he's so rehearsed because he wants to have like all of this information and he's breaking down guys, but it's, I feel like he is reading from a card sometime. Like, no, 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 Alex, be your, be the Fox guy on Sundays. Cause those opportunities are there. 
I like on Sunday night. Now, I have to be honest. Um, Sunday nights, I'm so we're going back to like a couple years or last year, there was hardly any baseball. But um, I work on Sunday nights, so I don't get too. I, it's like it's on in the newsroom in our sports office, but I'm not listening all the time. And if it's not Yankees Mets, I'm not re- or an AL East team or an AL East team, I'm really not listening. So, <laughs> um, but like when he does the little vignettes, which I know he's not doing as much this year because the whole COVID thing. Like, say he did this thing with uh, Giancarlo Stanton and they were talking about hitting and hitting with power and changing your stance. That was fascinating. Be that Alex. Like, so that's, so, you know, he's got that ability and it's, but I get it too. Like sometimes I'm more rehearsed for whatever segment or show or a guest that I'm doing. So it's, it's hard. Um, But yeah, no, I, I get it. Cause I, I, that's, well, the thing about Alex is that he is so baseball savvy and knowledgeable. Yeah. But what McCarthy was complaining about was that he doesn't speak like a person who's ever had a normal conversation. The inflection, the points he's making, and how he makes them all. And he and he pushes you away as opposed to drawing you in. That's what, you know, McCarthy, and of course McCarthy's not the first one um, to uh, – mention this about it and i'm like i said i'm not a big fan of his on sunday night baseball i will agree with you about the fox that is a different it is a different animal you know with big poppy and you know it is a much because poppy will cut him off (laughs) i know and that's what's good then like alex then gets on his toes and then he's himself you know and it's great because he i mean he did it was this incredible baseball player incredible hitter incredible athlete so then like Ortiz kind of has this magical way and he's not doing it as like a journalist. It's just like his human nature, you know, peeling back those layers. And that's why Alex is so great on that show. Well, Alex is great. And we're going to segue from Alex to somebody he dated, I believe, uh, <laughs> Madonna, right? Did, did, oh, I, I thought you were going to say J-Lo. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I wanted to do J-Lo, but Madonna, right? D- didn't he date yeah. Madonna at one point? At some, I, I, yes. I think, okay, good. I, I wasn't okay. sure. If that was a, a connection, but the reason I'm bringing up Madonna is it was just her birthday recently. I don't know if you you saw that. Um, she's. An, I always knew she was an August birthday. How old is she? Sixty three. Wow. The material girl is sixty three and rocking it. Yeah. You know, it's funny how yeah. when when I was younger and I remember people that were fifty something or sixty, and you look at them yes. on TV, they were not. They were looking like they were very old, grandpa ish. Grandma. Yeah. Yeah. Like you watch some of these move like shows in the seventies, and some of these people are supposed to be thirty four, and they were like thirty five, thirty six, but they look like they were fifty six, right? There, there was speaking of like Madonna slash J Lo and all that stuff. There was a great not meme, but there was something on social media after Jennifer Lopez performed in the Super Bowl two years ago, and it was a side by side of her and her and Ruth, the woman on um, the sexy one on Golden Girls. What uh, was her name? Uh, Estelle Getty? No, it was. Was it Estelle? No, the other one. Yeah, I think it was Estelle Getty, the one that was like a little bit younger than the other Golden Girls, but it showed. But she was fifty, and the other Golden Girls were saying they're sixties, and it showed. Rue McClanahan. That's who it was. Rue McClanahan. There you go. And there is, you know, J Lo in her, you know, her thigh, and she's in her costume and her hair, long hair, you know, in the middle of dancing on the Super Bowl at fifty. Yeah. And then they put her next to. Rue McClanahan. uh, Rue McClanahan, the same age. Wow. It's and it was astounding. Well, <laughs> just so you know, and the Golden Girls made money, it was definitely the case. Yeah. Yeah. But we're not talking about the fact that J Lo had personal trainers, 
who knows what she's been doing, right? It's a difference, right? Hair extensions. Yeah. yeah you got hair extensions. Yeah. The reason I bring up Madonna, because apparently, yeah. so you saw the movie A League of Their Own, I'm sure, right? There's no crying in baseball. Oh, Penny Marshall. Yeah. One of my favorites. Yeah, it is. Me too. I love it. I watch it all the time. It's like, yep. it's one of those that you turn on and I always have to watch it. But there was an actress that uh, did not want to be in the movie because of Madonna. Yeah, and, I heard and, about that. Yeah, Deborah Winger. Winger. Yeah. Now, Winger uh, most recently was in The Ranch um, with uh, Aston Kutcher, and I love her on that. And she was also an urban cowboy, and she was in Terms of Endearment and many yes. of the movies. But she decided, right. uh, you know, in a new interview, she said she has no regrets that she walked away from a league of their own. And yeah. the reason she walked away was because of Madonna. Yeah. Do you believe that? Well, I think that was Madonna's first movie role, right? At the time, um, she no, had, she had she been in. She had been couple. an incredible. That she had been in a, a, something desperately seeking Susan, and she yeah. was also in Vision Quest. She did the song. Um, look at this. This stuff, and this is off the top of my head, by the way. I don't have this written down. Um, that the fact that she was in Vision Quest and she did the song "Crazy for You." Yes. Yes. She, yes. In the movie Vision Quest. So she yeah. was in Suddenly Susan, and she was also in another movie where so she... So Suddenly Susan, I, I'm sure Deborah. I mean, look, I'm not speaking for Deborah Winger. I have no idea. And she spoke a lot about it. I had read the article a couple days ago. Um, yeah, like, but I, I thought Madonna... So she was probably thinking that they were going to get, like, the Suddenly Susan Madonna. Or, like, because that was basically Madonna anyway, and just in a different version character in that movie. Well... But I thought Madonna was great in that movie. She, she was, was fantastic. And oh Rosie O'Donnell was very good in that movie, too. But what's yes. interesting is it, Deborah Winger was up for Dottie Hinson, and I could not see anyone else playing Dottie Hinson. I mean, it was just so good. Gina Davis was fantastic as, it as was her. so good. And apparently Deborah Winger at the time was actually training with the Chicago Cubs to just get baseball movements down and the physicality about it all yeah three months before yeah she was was already into it and i guess um gina davis didn't have as much time but she did do training and she did compliment um gina davis on her performance but i think gina davis was just phenomenal but it it works out if penny marshall you know it works out for the best and i yeah i can't imagine anybody else in that role now this week or or the last couple weeks big thing with the field of dreams with the yankees and the white Sox and kevin costner doing the speech and the movie and you know there i love that movie want to have a catch dad you know it's a little bit you get a little misty. i did so many stories yeah i get i get a little misty apparently they're trying to cash in on all this there uh there's a field of dreams tv series adaptation from from the good place creator uh picked up at peacock so they're going to have something of this. It looks like uh, the drama will be written by Mike Shore, uh, who, the creator of The Good Life and Parks and Rec. So uh, they're going to be looking to do a Field of Dreams uh, with a mixture of family, baseball, Iowa, and magic. So interesting. I, I just don't I, I don't know about remakes and kind of stuff like that because it was so iconic. And, and, and you know, there were so many yeah. great scenes in that movie. How many ghosts? can come out of the field you know right i mean that's it, it you do it once and and, and that's yeah. what i think but i, I, I think like a mini series though like them what what do they turn the ballpark into you know who's playing each yeah. night different stories about different baseball players whether they're little kids or older men or girls 
playing baseball. So I could see like a mini series, but that's it. Don't go too long on it. You no. know what I mean? You don't want to sour people because they want to do this game again and in the future. And yeah. Well, speaking yeah. of souring people, uh, you, you just you just give me these segues and I just keep smacking them down, right? Uh, I know. Mike, Mike Richards. The answer is, who is Mike Richards? Well, apparently he is not the host of Jeopardy anymore. Oh, uh, that's right. Yes. That's such a common kind of name. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I saw all that yesterday. Yeah, there was a there was a meme somebody put about Mike Mike Richards hired Mike Richards to be Jeopardy host, uh, but was taken off because Mike Richards said something on the podcast of something, you know, it was kind of funny how Mike Richards. So went back to like 2013 or yeah. whatever it was. But in any event, I think all, what's it? All's well that ends well. Yeah. Um, my husband and I watch Jeopardy when I'm home. Not yeah. a lot. When we enjoy watching Jeopardy while we eat dinner or after we eat dinner or, you know, whatever the case is. And we, you know, try to beat each other out with the answers slash questions, especially when it's sports. Oh, <laughs> I love it. I, I, I try to answer first. Um, so we were devastated, of course, when Alex Trebek was ill as well. And then when he passed, um, yeah, and we, we have our favorite hosts that we would love to see do it full-time. And um, I thought it was just so self-serving when yeah. the executive producer was named. Because we're talent, so we know what it's like to be hired and try out and not make shows. So I get it. If cer and certain people were fantastic and certain people are not good. Um, or we just didn't like them because we knew how they treated um, sports media and how they acted as a quarterback in the NFL. But other people are fantastic. <laughs> As a quarterback, uh, I wonder I who that could be. That yeah, but um, like I thought, but I don't. I don't want him to leave his show. Like we were like, oh, Anderson Cooper's so good. But that's because who he is. Like that's because Anderson Cooper is so good. But I wouldn't want him to leave his, you know, regular show. You know, obviously. Um, Malik, what's her name? Um, Mia, Maya Bialik. Maya Bialik. She she was great too because she's so smart and she knows those answers. Oh. She doesn't have to study those answers. No, she already knows. She's them. a neuroscientist, right? Oh my gosh! So that was fun, and she's a comedian, and she's you know what I mean. So that's I mean I found her super great too, and she was supposed to be like the other person, but we'll see what happens. Well, exactly, and and, and what I thought was kind of interesting. If you look at the whole thing now, yeah. now that you know yeah. what you know. Yes. Mike Richards, the executive producer, had he just stepped away and said, I don't want to be considered and, and pick somebody. Yes. It would, he would have, none of this would have ever come out because. No. So now what right. I don't. So now yeah. his rest of his career is tarnished. Yeah. And other people were coming forward, like the pregnancy, um, you know, sexism and stuff. Just him as a boss there, too. All but, that stuff's coming out. Yeah. So explain something to me. You can get, he's got, removed himself from being the host, but, but yet he's, he's still the executive producer who still has to now hire the next host. Oh, there's no way he can end up staying because of those scandals. He has, yeah. but, it, but and how does he hire, like, so, so the other person I thought was fantastic, um, LeVar Burton. Burton. Yeah. Yes. Oh, his smooth voice. And just the way he would react. I felt like he was not trying. He tried because he's so intelligent himself. He wasn't trying to be Alex Trebek. Like so many people would use Alex's terms. Like, you bet that's wrong. No, or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they would use his terms when the answers were right or wrong. And LeVar was just himself. And I felt like he had natural reactions. Yet he was so prepared. He was so elegant. And um, like how does Mike Richards like say hire him or or 
Yeah. Yeah. It's well. What'll happen now? Initially, if they hire Lavar Burton, it'll it'll yeah. make up for a mistake. Like you know, that's kind of probably where they're going to lean because they have Seems to. Oh, everybody loved him. Like social yeah. media. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they'll they'll try to make it good because, yeah. like you, I love Jeopardy as well. I actually think that what they could do in the interim is just keep doing the guest host. I kind of like that too. I didn't it's mind different. It. No, I didn't I, mind it. Have him do it for a month. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Or a couple of weeks or, you know, this yeah. way everybody can kind of, yeah. they want to bring Aaron Rodgers in, you know, during off season. They can do that too. Right. He wants to do the job, right? He does. Yeah. He I mean, he really job. wanted, he's so, he's another one that's for himself. Right. It's, it's like, little, who is Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. 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 I, uh, no, I, I liked Bill Whitaker. I thought he was terrific. Um, he did oh, a yeah, nice I job. I don't think I could watch him a lot. That was what was tough a little bit about the summer. Sometimes we miss some yeah. of it. Yeah, I, I watch. I record it, so I, I wind up yeah. watching it later. But... My husband would do that. He yeah. recorded it. And I'm trying to think who else I liked. You know, I I, I know this is not going to be a very Katie popular. Katie was fine. She's I liked fun. her. I liked her. Yeah. I... She gave it a different vibe, a little more energy. Yeah. Normally not a big fan of hers, but I liked her in Jeopardy. I thought she did a yeah. terrific job. She was engaging. She did the interviews with the with – the, um, the people, the contestants, very yeah, well. Yes. yes, exactly. Very and well. She, like, she collected was... that information and used it later on because, of course, that's who she is. No, yeah. she's terrific. Yeah. She was terrific on that. Yeah. I, um, I know this is going to be very unpopular, but I didn't think I would like him, and I don't particularly care for him all the time. Everybody always gives him a lot of flack, but Joe Buck was very good. Again, same thing. My husband doesn't like him because of the whole like the way he calls Yankees games, which or is BS. Because here's the deal. I agree. There's I think people in St. Yeah. Louis that think he's a homer for the other team. <laughs> and and it, you can never win. As Joe Buck, you could never win. He is fantastic, by the way. Now, he's granted. Not, he's the best at yeah. laying out. Yes. You know how some broadcasters talk too much? He lays out right at the best moment. Uh, and he gives the information when needed. Yeah. No, I thought he was great. Great voice. Great, um, you know, engaging. He knew a lot of the answers. Same thing. I feel like. And that's why Anderson Cooper was good, too. Yeah. Like Joe Buck. Like they were the journalists. So they were able to process information, bring it back in, tie in the whole half hour with all the questions about, you know, like Egyptians in B.C., whatever. You know what I mean? So it was just amazing what they did. But um, but like, yeah, like LeVar had like a cadence. Yeah. Yeah, and it was just, and smart and all that stuff too. Because he was all he's like the reading guy, right? Yeah, he does <laughs> in rainbow. The rain, yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, exactly. He, yeah, and he was he was in Roots, and he was you know he was in Star Trek and all these things. Yeah, and and, I mean, and he's yeah. he's terrific. Getting back to Joe Buck for a second. Yeah, no, he, he was good too. He, I liked him. My husband did, yeah. but I liked him. Everything's subjective. Yeah. He is an example of getting an opportunity because of your father but just crushing it, right? So we, we people were talking all week about Tim Tebow, about how he only got the opportunity because of Urban Meyer and, and getting the chance to play in Jacksonville, and then he got cut. But yeah, the point is, like, is like, why is he getting this opportunity? But that's what happens. You, mm-hmm. you get opportunities, but you have to take advantage of the opportunity once you get it, right? Everybody right. has somebody that gets yeah. them into a job, right? Yeah. Whether it's somebody you know or... Yeah, I mean, nothing against to. Kenny Albert. He's a terrific... and he, he, he's Phenomenal. A, but his father, looks out of the 7th Avenue end, you know, that is the ultimate... I mean, when your father is Marv Albert, you're going to... And his brother, like Steve Albert was his brother, you're going to get an opportunity. And Kenny's terrific. Don't I, This is not... Steve's his uncle. Yeah, Steve's, Steve's his uncle, uncle, right. That, But I meant the uh, yeah. Marv's brother, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, my but, uh, but, but uh, Kenny started basically training at, to be a play-by-play announcer from when he was seven because yeah. he would go to work with dad. 
So the, the background and what I love about Kenny is he excels in a different sport than his dad, like in NHL yeah. and in football. And so, and what was he doing at the Olympics? Like handball. So he's just really took advantage and beyond. And he is the nicest guy on earth. And oh. Albert is the best. No, he is. And, 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 and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. He, he crushed the opportunity. Crushed but it. by the and way, Ma- I don't know if you remember this, but Marv did the Rangers for many years. Oh, he did. Yeah, that's yeah, right. That's so, right. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Across the center eye stripe, you know. Um, but that that is, you know, Marv Albert, all that stuff. But again, it's uh, we'll see who's the host of Jeopardy and we'll find out uh, what's going to happen. But no Mike yeah, Richards. Yeah. But, uh, you know, this is wonderful to, to talk to you. I just enjoy it so much. I, I want people to watch Sports Extra because of you. Don't it doesn't have to be sports. She's ter- mm-hmm. Tina's terrific. Just, that's all we need to know. You watch it because Tina's terrific. And when can they watch it? And how can now we can consume it differently? So why don't you tell yeah. the people how to consume? Sunday nights live at 10:30 p.m. Eastern time. You can watch it either in the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut tri-state area on Fox 5 New York Channel 5, or you could stream fox5ny.com. And it's kind of in the hour um, block of the uh, the 10 o'clock news. So the 10 o'clock news airs live at 10 p.m. And then 1030 goes right into my show. So it does stream. So, But it doesn't repeat. They'll repeat the news. They don't repeat sports because it's a whole rights thing with highlights and all that jazz. Um, so you could watch it live on Sunday nights at 1030. Um, um, so that's it. Except when there's, I'm being told, and I don't know when people are going to listen to this podcast. Uh, but as we come upon, I guess, uh, August 22nd, a big hurricane is supposed to come through the New York area. So I'm being told um, my interviews might have to get pushed to next week because we might get pushed off yeah. the air because it's supposed to be a doozy. And which is crazy because I'm going to the Liberty game and then I have this great interview with the Nets rookie. So we'll see what happens. Sports <laughs> always is the first one to go at a news station. But of course, because they got to have the weatherman with the with the yeah. rain gear and the, they the roll up the sleeves and oh my when you when you see a meteorologist rolling up the sleeves, it is not good. You know yeah. that is I've not good. A nineteen-year-old kid scoring twenty-seven points a game in the NBA. Uh, I think that's more important to me. I agree. <laughs> and and I always find it funny that somebody from the Weather Channel is always with the windbreaker outside with the wind blow. We we get it. We don't need you out there. Okay. <laughs> We don't need you kind of getting drained, and it's just not not a good good look. Yeah. But get in your house. But I'm going to stand here for eight hours. Yes, yes. Everybody else, please get in your house. But I am permission to stand outside and get blown away yeah. by the yeah. 120 mile an hour winds that are coming through the area. But exactly. Tina, you are wonderful. Uh, I thank you so much for doing this again a second time. Uh, and it's funny that it worked out that you were on last August, almost exactly the same time. And you and that was not planned, by the way. I I just looked at it going, oh, my God, look at this. It was a year ago um, today. It came up episode 20 on my timeline. And I'm like, wow, that's uh, that's kind of uh, fortuitous. Right. Is that a good word to use? Mm -hmm. Look at that. Look at that. I'm trying to be someone I'm not uh, very educated and very. (laughs) Very uh, different of you. Um, what is the word? Uh, vociferous is another word, right? <laughs> <laughs> but you can be vociferous, but you could still like Lens Burning Bush on Facebook at Lens Burning Bush, and you can like it on Twitter at Lens Burning Bush. We've got a YouTube channel now, so all of the audio episodes get put onto the YouTube channel. Len Harvey, you could type in Len Harvey, hashtag Lens Burning Bush. You'll 
You'll get all of that. You can listen on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, iHeartRadio, TuneIn. You can even ask Alexa to play Lens Burning Bush podcast. Make sure you say Lens Burning Bush podcast because I don't, you know, what comes up when you just say Lens Burning Bush, not good. It's even on Pandora now. So it's all over the place, but... You know, again, if you throw, what's that? Uh, if a tree lands in the forest and there's nobody there to hear to uh, hear it, does it really? Did it really fall? Yes, does it really fall? So hopefully, you know, we'll continue to do this. Uh, Seventy-two episodes already. I I just keep doing it every week. I'm a glutton for punishment. There you go. Well, That's thank good. you. Thank you so much to Tina Servasio. I'm Len Harvey. We'll be back with another episode of Lens Burning Bush next week. So long.